Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Once again, Sue Rose Minahan, Talk Cosmos, and today is September 1st, 2018, and we're in our second week investigating and enjoying the archetype of Virgo, which is at the bottom half of the horoscope in that sense of our personal perfection, analyzation, and as the promo that I sent out, I will say that Generally speaking, the topic today is Virgo, Mercury, which is the ruler of Virgo, along with Gemini, that Virgo rules. But in this case, it is Virgo, a home sign for Mercury. And it's in regard to discernment, filtration, extraction, assimilation. Interestingly, for Virgo right now, I'm sitting here at the studio on time. We will have, I mean, by on time, I mean last week I pre-recorded, which is breaking that cycle. Virgo is everyday routine cycle. And it was amazing to me how that changed some of my uh, preparation. And today I felt so comfortable. It's an interesting thought of how the archetypes really relate to how life is at the moment. In also, because of Mercury, it is a mental sign. It is a mutable sign. It's one that we really look upon to give ourselves some kind of uh, thought process about our habits, uh, where we're going, and all those directions. Today I have a guest from Seattle, Sarah Stromley. And Sarah is the founder of Brain Body Therapy, cranial sacral therapist, instructor, certified in various healing energy work. And jokingly, she referred, has been referred, she says, as the mad flower and mineral clear alchemist. This is really a wonderful facet of the work. And it's reflective of her botanical passion for blending combinations, supporting mind-body coherence. Essentially, that goes right into healing, which we will talk about. Sarah is also an astrologer, an evolutionary astrologer, who studies horary, astrocartography, medical astrology, and incorporates astrology into her practice, which is, again, brain-body therapy. Sarah is a member of several organizations, one, the Organization of Professional Astrology, OPA, which I am also, it's a wonderful group, American Federation of Astrologers, AFA, and in Seattle, the Washington State Astrology Association, which she was on the board for three years. And Sarah also records for over a decade for NORWAC, as we call it, which is Northwest Astrological Conference, a wonderful annual conference that usually is over Memorial Day weekend. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Yeah, I also love the bookstore, uh, Astrology at All. That's 
run by the Nalbandian clan, and um, they have some incredible resources there if you're interested. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. There's Virgo is such a wide, beautiful archetype. Every archetype is. And as I was reading, getting prepared, as I usually do in some regard, it interested me how the idea of perfection works into so many arenas. I was reading an article uh, that was printed back 100 years ago or so by a man called Matthew Arnold called Culture and Anarchy. And the idea that culture's origin isn't curiosity, because he's English, people might say, oh, I'm going there to such and such country for their culture, but rather that culture is a study of perfection. I thought, isn't that intriguing? So when it comes to the body, and I know that your work is so subtle and so involved in really uh, um, sacral, um, uh, sacral work, that uh, sac- uh, cranial sacral work, thank you. Perhaps you could expound on the essence of how the body reacts to this treatment. Yeah, it's, I, I believe it works directly on the nervous system. And the reason I think this ties in well with Virgo today is because um, the intestines is the part, the body part that Virgo rules, and which also they're discovering is tied into the um, enteric nervous system. And there's as many brain cells in the lower gut and intestines as there are like 200 million um, neurons that equally match what's in the brain. And so um, it's equivalent to a small animal, um, and it's considered to be, um, so it, it ties into like those gut instincts when we, um, and those gut reactions when we are able to really have luck in finding ourselves either through or into or out of situations that we most need to. Uh, but with cranial sacral, it's um, it's very relaxing it it's uh it stimulates um almost a vacuum of the polarity the electrical buildup that happens in our nervous system it just drains that and supports a widening of perspectives um it it adds an agility and flexibility and adaptability to situations that we wouldn't normally consider that before this responds to other areas that I'm recently looking at and reading and the idea of opening up releasing which of course releasing is a lot of Virgo like the intestinal the small intestinal uh, work you know because we have large and the small and that is that whole filtration sort of idea of uh, removing toxins that we don't want. So it's in another category here of the brain, which again with the nerves connects everything is that electrical, electrical, not electrical, but electromagnetic field 
Yeah. And this particular exercise that I had just noticed this week was a matter of taking fingers and pulling them across the brain just to open up areas. So it's more on a a, uh, subtle basis. Just a light touch technique as you're... I suppose, I suppose, yes. But here, I know that you've talked about the assimilation. So by opening up areas and making it more adaptable, it's that one can then integrate and assimilate. Is this the process? Yeah. um, If you look at the the intestines like as a diagram next to the brain they actually look so much alike and um, the function that the intestines do is actually really remarkable it it can hardly be replicated in a lab environment Uh, the way it breaks down particles into tiny molecules to be digestive and um, they're not we can't even fully process the majority of what we eat we have this symbiotic relationship with bacteria in our bodies that's profound, and it's uh, they support us by taking on their stuff, and, and they give us energy in, in turn. Bacteria, that word, because I was thinking about life, the life force itself, and bacteria is one of those very essential, primal the cell process, you know, that begins all of life. And so here it is, the fundamental part that's breaking it down. And, of course, in mythology, Ceres, who is called, well, Ceres was the Greek name, and in Rome it was Demetra, uh, whose daughter Persephone, just touch on that mythology, which is pretty central in many ways with Virgo, is that the the fertility, not just the fertility, well, the fertility of earth. That's what I'm thinking. And that that with the death process, because Persephone, the daughter, goes to Hades because Pluto comes and takes her or else she wants to go, which I'm sure is part of it too. And then through trial and time, the son advises that she... The daughter is in Hades, and Hermes, who rules Mercury and Virgo, is the one messenger that can go down that Ceres will listen to and negotiates with Hades, in Hades, with Pluto. Because the names are indescribable. I mean, not indescribable, but they're interchangeable, yes. But the point being that, that there is an agreement that now as she is the queen of the underworld, but yet she will return to earth for life. I mean, with life, which is life-giving. That's the whole yeah. essence of this. And it's that, it's that breakdown. It's that way of looking at the mythology that, again, as the intestines is speaking, this life force that between decay and toxins and death and rebirth, yeah, uh, the, the goddess of agriculture in Roman terms, Demeter or Ceres, mm-hmm. in her grief and in her striving, um, goes 
created the seasons of summer, the most notable seasons of summer and winter, and that process of cycles. And it's interesting because the the sixth house, which rules Virgo, uh, runs you know with farming and agriculture and health, as well as uh, pets, animals, um, and those things that are of the, the places in our lives where we're in service to yes. not only um, a cause, but we're in, we're in service either with the military, it rules the military as well, um, and just day-to-day work. And I think it's a really potent part of us to really embrace and acknowledge because it's the most pivotal point where we can really face our challenges where we're most ready to and oh um, so I think you know it I think it's a little unfair to say that you know how some astrologers or some Hellenistic terms have listed Virgo to be you know for Mercury the Virgo expression is the higher expression I don't think that's necessarily fair because Mm. I uh I believe that we haven't completely discovered the planet that rules Virgo because it is so unusual. It 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 harnesses the discipline of Saturn. It it harnesses the arts of health and well-being and and doctor uh, doctoring in in many ways, and um, just the magic that we can create with plants and I- animals. I agree. Fixing. It is that perfection and fixing, whether we do it through our analytical terms and the farming, the agriculture, the the food processing, the nourishment, what comes into us that builds our body, you know, and builds us. And it is interesting how when you say, and I agree with the, the discipline of Saturn because they're both earth signs, you know, it's a mutable sign, which is which when you think of health needs to be mutable it needs to shift over from one balance to another balance of homeo uh, what is the word stasis mm-hmm. and uh, but i was thinking too of the sense of habits because of the routine basis and that habits make or break our health and that when our habit there's an article i was reading about uh, habits that there's three parts of it and one is that there's a uh, the cue that the motives if you understand the motives the cue or the reasons that motives give okay it's cue routine reward so if you get a cue as to where your routine is and then shift if that's a positive or not you get a reward and I can explain a little bit, but that the reward reminded me of Capricorn. You know, reward, the goal of achievement, you know, that support, that trine between the earth. Mm-hmm. So in many ways, how we handle our daily, uh, whether there are mental attitudes, whether there are daily exercise, whether it's what we eat, you know, all of this uh, is in regard to six habits you know, daily routines and areas, there is either 
some crystallization, you know, in the, the routine. Yeah, yeah, with Saturn, exactly. Yeah. And the I think it's interesting to look at the glyphs that we look at, the symbol of Ceres, mm. as well as Saturn. You know, they both are the things that are used in the harvest to separate mm-hmm. where we cut off things. And I think um, both Virago's gift as well as its curse is that it, it's so good at taking things apart and really extracting uh, what's needed. However, that process can be um, uncomfortable if you're on the receiving end of it. So, there, you know, that, but it, but it makes the decision making, you know, like the word decision, mm-hmm. you know, it, it speeds up our process and it's the polarity of uh, Pisces. Yes. Which is receiving and just embracing all that is. Unity. Yes. Yeah. So it, it helps to cut what's unnecessary and make room for the new as well as a, a breakdown to to create, you know, to absorb what's supposed to be absorbed. Cutting. I like that symbolic reference because for those out there listening and for those that may not know astrology, Ceres is like a question mark, that particular, like a Sith, you know, has a, just like a question mark, it doesn't have a dot at the bottom, but it does have a line, which is the cross of matter. It's very sim- has symbolism as far as the shapes involved. But how necessary that death and rebirth, which is always really associated with Scorpio, further ahead of the archetypal, but this is the preliminary start. Yes, and it's that mental choice to prepare if we can. Yeah, and you can feel it. I mean, you know, you go from, I mean, it's a collective shift. Like when we're like, okay, we're in August, vacation, party, social mode. And then, you know, as soon as the sun moves into Virgo, which it it did um, last week. Yes. There was like a sensation of, Okay, we got to get ready for school now, <laughs> or we we've got to you know it's the most common time when we figure our budgets. It's when we tighten our belts. It's when we uh, look at what we have for the remainder of the year, and uh, squirrels you know are more busy with their uh, stockpiling of supplies, and you can see you know the animals and everything kind of shifting towards preparation and planning. In Seattle, it distinctly became cooler. I had seen spiders out during August, and I knew as a gardener that that meant that fall was coming, and it didn't seem evident, but what you're saying is absolutely true. It's just distinctly, it's pleasant, beautiful, but it's distinctly fall, you know, even though the calendar is yet for a couple of weeks with the equinox. It's, It's true. The... What's interesting to me, too, when I was thinking about Virgo for this week, because of this title that we had that you helped um, evolve of discernment, filtration, extraction, assimilation, the small intestinal 
division of the chaff and the like the wheat, you know, like Ceres is known for to divide uh, the grain, that in many ways these steps prepare us for the entire next processes or archetypes. You know, so many of them begin to relate very distinctly to like here of, of, of life or well, agriculturally, life and death like Scorpio of regeneration. Or as you were saying about uh, the Saturn, which of course rules Capricorn because of yeah, I think it's the perfect time of year to do a cleanse if you're planning uh, or feeling the need to do that just to really purge not only what's internally, but also even what's collecting in your car or what's collecting in your house or yeah. just making that collective cleansing is very healing. I believe. That's a wonderful reminder. That's very true. Yeah, our, everything is so associated, really, as far as like our ideas and with what we have, whether it's in our closets or whether it's somehow in our space, which again goes back to that intestinal and the, the discernment, take all this mercurial information. You know, I want to go back to, there's so many threads here, but one is about the Mercury as a ruler, because there is thought yeah. maybe of Vulcan, which of course is a planet that we haven't seen, and mythologically speaking, Vulcan is so vital as the iron, uh, he forged iron, he was the, the smith, and he's the one that, uh, for fire, yeah, there's some really interesting. Yeah, that fire was taken him. from. Uh, yeah, Festus was yes. the original. Uh, same as Vulcan, please. Yeah. Yes, Hephaestus. And yeah, the same story over and over with him either being born from Zeus or Jupiter. Typically, it's you know they're one and the same. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the mother being Hera, but he was basically cast out because he was disfigured or imperfect. And there was, uh, but I, there was like this collective, uh, you know, he, he was just kind of had a cult following. Like people just liked the guy, even though he was an incredible nerd. Um, but he just could come up with so many cool things. You know, he embraced that that power of Mercury, and I, I think of Mercury, I love this, the, the images that I've seen of Mercury juggling the, the tools. He juggles fire, the elements of fire, and water, and air, and earth. That's true. Um, it's just kind of being a master of, of all those things. But he, yeah, he was basically, um, I can't remember the volcano it was under but yeah he was a forger a welder he married venus of yes. all things, even though she was terrible to him um well <laughs> he, she had a big attraction for uh, aries yeah and <laughs> everyone else mars yes that's right she's love attraction yes. uh, has her job like uh in the world of of, of energy such yeah. as zeus 
But yeah, he he forged the invisible helmet for Pluto. Yes, he the created the trident for Neptune. He uh, welded the um, the golden chariot for the, the sun god Helios. Um, I don't remember some of the other and ones. And I think he, did. he also de- helped. No, that was that the, was the sh- he did the um, sun bolts for and the shield for Zeus. Mm. And the armor for Achilles and the spear for Athena, the goddess of wisdom, war, and uh, diplomacy, and the bow and arrow for Eros, and gosh, I'm trying to remember some of the other stuff. That it was like an invisibility cloak that I liked that he did of Pluto. That was kind of oh, fun. But yeah. I absolutely agree with those skills, which is Virgo, the daily routine of perfecting an activity and becoming a very skilled craftsman is spelled out just as everything you have said would suggest that a Vulcan, you know, there is a planet X that they've been, that's been called that has been noticed possibly uh, that would has an orbit of 10,000 or 20,000 and when it gets to those many years, I'm thinking it could even be greater because there's the great year of 25,000 years. And uh, I had an article that I've clipped out and saved. And I've wondered if there truly is such planet as this. And the reason it was brought up was that these two men, one's name is Brown, that they want to enlist the public at large because there's so many amateur astronomers out there to see if they had information about it and I keep thinking what if that could be Vulcan which would really be interesting because if it's the furthest out how that would relate anyway it would throw a lot of topsy-turvy things yeah there's it's just amazing how much the 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 word Vulcan has -hmm. captured the imagination of so many it's got this cult following as well and it's um you know, even Spock, you know, the oh yes, the really weird and wacky, wonderfully wacky, but um, super nerd that just everybody looks to for advice. Um, but uh, there is, do we need it? But there's, you know, another element to Virgo of kind of uh, a separating, like we were mentioning, that's... Um, it happens with judgments quite a bit. They um, have the most consideration for that. And I believe that judgments behave like toxins or poison in the ah. body. And we'll, we'll it, come back to this. This yeah. is good. This is excellent. And a good reason because after our announcement, which will be in a moment, those of you in the audience, please feel welcome to call us at 425-373-5527. Again, that number is 425-373-5527. If you have any questions, either Sarah or myself, we'd be glad to talk with you. Thank you.
While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Virgo. By leaving a cycle based on the creative manifested legacy of our highest creative form, the energy of Virgo completes the last sign below the horizon of the self and requires discernment to perfect oneself through the mental process of critical analysis. As a mutable earth sign duly ruled by Mercury, Virgo refines, heals, or fixes through daily routines, developing skills and services to control nature's chaos and maximize efficiency. Welcome. This is Bear River, Usui Reiki Master and the Astrologer of Psyche and Soul Astrology. You're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Hello again, Sue Rose Minahan with Sarah Stromley. Virgo, as we're speaking. Again, if you would like to call in, feel free. And welcome. To that number is 425-373-5527. In the meantime, we will continue on. Sarah was mentioning about toxins and had a great thought. You want? Yeah. Um, there's just an amazing connection between the mind and body, and uh, toxicity can build up, I think, um, Sometimes it shows up as a loss of smell, the sense of smell, mm-hmm. or there's just uh, a sense of constipation that builds up. Or we're, and that's in Chinese medicine, they consider that to be when people are overanalyzing and overthinking things, which is something that oh. is a very Virgoan trait. And, but judgment is. The most common, I mean, we all have judgments, whether we acknowledge them or not, but it, it definitely limits how much we can receive of other people and how much people are willing to share with us. And I'm sure we all have stories of, we've experienced of being on the receiving end of someone that's being very judgmental and harsh on their performance or service or what's required or how they appear and a lot of times we're our own worst critics and it's incredible how unkind we speak to ourselves so it's just a good thing to really acknowledge and look at and shift constructive criticism that was definitely something that I was thinking of how in the news without going on, but whether, well, I will say, like the Pope who criticized and there was then criticism from him. I mean, just to relate this as a catalyst in my Gemini fashion, that where was the action? It's common in ourself to criticize because of this loop, this this habitual, because emotions our habits. I was astounded when I first realized this. We have the ability to change, you know, our conceptual thinking when we think of a habit, whether it's an action or whether it's a thinking process. And, and that strength of analyzing, if it's constructive, thinking, yes, dig down. And again, I keep remembering how one archetype 
blends in with so many other because by digging down, we're using that scorpion manner of unearthing one way of saying it. But really, it, it needs that unity of heart. I suppose, like you were saying with the, and even in ourselves, that judgment. And when I think of judgment, I think of the Capricornian, but yet anytime we make a decision, as you're saying, to analyze something, we, if we're going to have action, we need to come up with some decision. Yeah. And so that is judgment, yes. Even compliments are judgment. Oh. And um, so it's just good to understand how, much, how dependent we are on how much we require and need of that. And, and this idea of receiving you know, and sharing, again, that's opening up. If we open up, what would it be? We would open up our hearts. We would open up our judgment of ourselves, those preconceived notions that filter of whether or not we could accept as a, as a m- perhaps accept a judgment with, I mean, accept a compliment without judgment. In other words, thinking, yes, we could receive it or no, we couldn't, just to receive it. Yeah, it's striking that balance between the, the Piscean mm-hmm. profile of, being so open and so in tune with everything and that space of compassion and uh, complete receptivity that it lacks objectivity that it needs from Virgo. So it's, there's two extremes to it. So, but when we're, there's a lot of us that are addicted to judgment. I think everyone is to some extent, actually. I mean, it's Hmm. that state of polarity that we like to get into when we're watching the news or the the controversial. Because it's the known. Maybe that's why. I'm thinking judgment gives us an idea of the known. Were you thinking of that? I was thinking of polarity to the unknown, the uncontrolled, which is Pisces, which is at the opposite spectrum yeah. in the 12th house versus the 6th. Yeah, that, se- that sense of fear, uh, that sense yeah. of anger, the things that really trigger us. Like we need to massage it and cycle it and chew on it and chew on it and tear ourselves up over it. And what we don't realize is that we're actually perpetuating more of that on ourselves the more we let that tape or that that repeat over and over again. The flowers that you use with your treatments, mm-hmm. I've always heard wonderfully supportive information about it, none of which I can remember at the moment. Yeah. Because it's not something I study, but I'm so attracted to as an energy. Yeah. Yeah, flowers are uh, amazing. They're the, uh, I believe all plants have a consciousness that, and a life force that they seek to evolve and create and to, sh- to propagate more life. And the flowers are the highest energetic signature of that. And they've studied the behavior of insects and birds and they've found that plants can put out, they put out signals 
and they communicate what they, yeah, a lot of times what they want to receive. So they, they can tell the bees, hey, we've already been touched. You know, we've already been, you know, someone's already taken mm-hmm. our pollen and go over there. They, they signal that. Uh, they also signal uh, if there's a, an invasive bug that's putting larvae that's eating their leaves, they put out a signal to attract a different type of bug or they put out a scent that smells like the bug that they're trying to have eaten off of them to their predi- to that insect predator to come get it. And it's, yeah, there's been all kinds of studies done of, you know, and certain uh, electrical signals that they've seen of, uh, of pulses that they put out. So, and flowers have been studied, they've actually been around for a lo- hundreds of years, where in ancient texts, they, the doctors would actually recommend that people, when they were depressed or sick, they would encourage them to go out into the woods and just to do what we term mm-hmm. as forest bathing. And it's touching the plants, being out in nature. And there's an alchemy that happens when water comes into contact with these plants and especially flowers and sunlight makes contact with them it creates you know the dewdrops from them hold a, an energetic signature that if we if we take it even in tiny doses actually it carries a frequency and it can shift our brainwave coherence and our body coherence to that of the flower if we take it in, because it's a vibrational medicine, it has to be taken in, you know, certain doses at certain times. But certain ones you can take just a one and done as needed. Bo- Edward Botch um, oh, from yes. England from the early 1900s. That's he was B-A-C-H, a right? Yeah, he was a bacterial scientist that got all kinds of, great acclaim he worked in hospitals and he noticed after world war one how it shifted he first he was the first to recognize that the term shell shock and and identify post-traumatic stress disorder and he recognized that the flowers that he was studying when given to his patients were shifting them out of that very quickly and it's uh, a formula that's you can buy readily every day. Um, it was based on five flowers that are really incredible. Um, but it's a f- considered a five-flower remedy or rescue remedy, as it's called. You can buy that at any vitamin store. Um, but there's I've got I've collected over 500 I think in my collection of different blends as well as single flower essences that I love to put together and I've studied and researched and I really have enjoyed the shifts that I felt when I feel stuck and helping others get out of that place of fear or anxiety. There's there's a lot of different levels of anxiety and stress. There's a lot of different levels of fear. There's a lot of different levels of anger and there are certain flowers that are really good at 
targeting those things. It expands the entire notion that we, on any level, at some point, one is aware that medicine comes from plants, you know, over and yeah. over in so many ways, like aloe vera, which aloe vera, L A L O E V E R A, you know, the, the cactus type plant that's good for burns. But there's over and over it's because of the Brazil with the rainforest, you know, how so many medicinal plants are perhaps endangered without even knowing what they are in that case. But what you're saying so so I'm so I'm saying on one level we know this, but then to really comprehend the subtlety that's available as you're talking about flowers. Yeah, and a lot of flowers are actually poisonous, so I don't encourage people mm. to eat them. There's a very small list of flowers that you can actually eat or consume. But when it's made as a flower essence remedy, it's not the concentrated version of it at all. It's, it's an activated water that's basically taken on the electrical signal of that flower. There's no plant parts in it whatsoever. Mm. So it's extremely safe. It works so much quicker than antidepressant drugs, um, although some people do need that. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not poo-pooing exactly. anyone that, that needs to go there. But in many cases, um, it can work quite effectively. Well, water has properties that are so extraordinary as the Emoto. I think it was the yeah. uh, Japanese scientist, the individual. I don't know if he's a scientist or not, actually. Um, but he, yes, that yeah, the crystals, is. that they take on the characteristics of the feeling. I mean, it's just uh, an amazing feature. So that when you speak of the dew, this morning I saw a bunch of dew. I was noticing, yeah. yes, the flowers. And, it, it, well, again, this is the nurturing, you know, series. I'm tying this in with so many thoughts here. Astrologically speaking, where Ceres is in a chart represents how we nurture ourselves, how we find, how we can find our nourishment. Not to say that we may have that nourishment because it does have that, you know, Ceres has the, the, the polarity, we might say, of, of absent or the absence of nurturing, of, you know, like with the, with the myth of Persephone being gone. And in fact, there's another, not to explain, just to touch on, there's another myth of uh, our legend of Ceres, and that's where I'm trying to find my reference here so I can mention it, where it was without, uh, oh, if I can say this word, it's erysichthon, E-R-Y-S-I-C-H-T-H-O-N, and he cut an oak in raging series blood fell out of it he wouldn't take any uh, advice and so she came along and instilled hunger in him and no matter what he did he was always hungry so he sold his daughter who Zeus fortunately would transform and then she, she would come back to the father her own father who would sell her again and then Zeus would it was this repeating rep repetitive theme until finally the fact is is that nothing would solve his hunger and so he devoured his own body 
until it killed himself. Mm-hmm. So thinking of the extremity of, 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 of the fact of um, the death factor without life, you know, such as fertility on earth, and remembering, too, these metaphors are legends, as we are referring, spoke of a time when life centered around the food, which we all have perhaps taken for granted in certain uh, civilized ways, although certainly a lot of the globe is still, uh, population is still struggling with for food. But this hunger, and I'm trying to tie this in exactly as I was stating, um, but with flowers and the essence, this beautiful essence of of beauty that that because uh, Virgo also has a I mean they say Libra might be beauty but Virgo's also has a strong power of beauty. Oh yeah, yeah, mm. and um, the ones that have mastered it like Sophia Loren and um, a few others I can't think of right now. Um, some beautiful Spanish actresses I I can't play a name on but they have a, an agelessness to them where they've really that kindness to towards themselves and towards others the love offering that love that heartfelt sense you know our feelings it when it ties in all of this the anxiety that one might have from from not giving them oneself love in the sense of acceptance and which, or perhaps listening to the mental criticisms, you know, mm-hmm. and comparison. Uh, comparison, of course, the seventh house. Again, this Virgo strength, once really worked with, can bridge so beautifully the entire horoscope in so many ways. But still, this, I'm reminding what you were saying of cleansing, of, of, of releasing the what to- is toxins of ourself are whether there are habits whether they're possessions to clear some space like the cranial yeah. sacral work yeah cranial is amazing for that um they've um they found there's in the also in the intestines i wanted to add that there's the um they found that 95% of serotonin is actually produced in the intestines. Oh, my. And it has this, uh, what it does is it does the um, process of contraction and release. And it also does, so it, it pushes things through. It gets the, the breakdown fluids through there. It allows for... Um, serotonin to be released into the bloodstream which then makes its way to the brain and it but there's still this debate among scientists and neuroscientists around what comes first especially with uh, the common condition that one in ten people have of um, irritable bowel syndrome uh, which seems to be so closely tied to a level of anxiety and fear and um, criticism a lot of times and it's is it the mind that's doing that or is it the gut uh, imbalance that's creating that but it, it seems like 
so many times. Um, cranial sacral is really phenomenal for body type conditions that, that are just, it's just weird how many things shift when people go through that or they go through meditation or um, hypnosis or yoga or um, talk therapy or just journaling may really help with that too. Just to kind that of release. Yeah. Just allowing themselves to have that release. Yep. And I keep being reminded of the electrical, all those uh, nerves that you're talking about because electricity is so fundamental to um, Prometheus. That's what I just could not think of, but it was Prometheus that took the fire from Vulcan and, or, as you say, how, how do you say the uh, the Greek name for his... I want to say uh, Prometheus, but I'm not... No, it's Prometheus. Oh, but yeah. his, 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 Vulcan's name in Greek is... Yeah, Vulcanus, I think, or something his, of that well, nature. We started with an H, and I can never oh, pronounce it. the original it. one? Um, the Greek name. Yeah, I... I have trouble with pronun- yeah. pronunciation. So we'll stick with Vulcan. Vulcan yeah. works, and they're equal as far as many yeah. Greek and Roman. So I apologize there. But the point is, is that, um, so the electrical, the electricity of this pathway and Vulcan, you know, well, I'm, I'm thinking of, of the work that he did with the skills. I was thinking about Aries and Venus. When they did get together, he went and created a brass shell a cage to capture them, you know, the use of, uh, which is what, you know, when you think about the stories, besides the fact, what is the real intention? It is that, that lust of the moment of, 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 of wanting to connect. And yet it is that importance of connecting with the love of the gift of heart you know, of that, of the sensual, of not just aggression, whether it's Aries or whether Mars, rather, not just Aries, but Mars. Ares, see, in Greek, it's A-R-E-S, and, of course, in Roman, it's Mars. So I keep saying Aries, which Mars rules Aries, but it's Ares or else it's Mars. But whether it's that or whether it's the mentality of, of Virgo, it is that need to associate always integrate the the uh, gift of of the beauty of a flower for instance the love of of uh, of of maybe seen through the sun's view where the sun was the one that told uh Ceres or Demetra that yes you know he had seen all that fire the the ruling of Leo you know that it was indeed down in Hades. I'm just pulling together. Yeah. There but was a really interesting uh, thing that I was reading about with the development of, you know, they believed with the intestines, again, that there was uh, the whole digestion process that with the whole, that the intestines were the original brain and we before and it was the fire that we grabbed you know that was even before homo sapiens uh that developed that and that process of cooking or learning to master the fire that cooked the food was a process of 
pre-digestion that allowed us to the the brain to develop um, oh, eyes yes. and ears and and allowed us to and it gave us like 16 times more energy and recovery time so it allowed the brain to to develop considerably more and more and more so um, just a a good thing to consider to send some love to our intestines you know during this sun cycle um, through you know cooking was yeah. 14,000 years ago I've read a few articles and seen it on Netflix or my husband watches a lot of these programs and right up in Vancouver Island and over in which would be the Middle East, they have found, uh, especially in the Middle East, petrified breadcrumbs from 14,000 years ago, implementing exactly what you've said, that there was fire Mm -hmm. and there was cooking of breads and whatnot. And the fact, too, that there have been many, before Homo sapiens, other physical beginning uh, 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 of, of peoples that have evolved, you know, with the mixing and the merging and that. And uh, so, yes, the, that I've been just considering that, how people became brilliant. It wasn't just eating meat, which has been so often suggested, the proteins, yeah. but cooking, just the process from raw although there is virtue in raw food, too, of course, with fresh enzymes. But still, that uh, what you're saying is the small intestine being able to digest. Yeah. Yeah, and to discern. Yeah. Sure relates. So we've got a really good uh, weekend. Um, uh, well, actually, on Monday, there's some really potent moments with Mercury trine Vesta which is the, the goddess of the hearth. Oh, yes. And um, it, they're both in fire signs, and it's just it, it really helps to awaken that vision of the future. It's just good to spend some time allowing yourself to explore that. And Mars is also trying series on Monday as well, so it's, it gives us that, that Mars... Martian aggression energy gives energy and life force to and mojo for creating our dreams. So, thank you, Sarah. I just appreciate everything your astute soul brings towards this wonderful subject. And to remind our listeners, this is you're listening well to talk cosmos with Sue Rose Minahan, but Sarah Stromley the founder of Brain Body Therapy here in Seattle, Washington, who also is an evolutionary astrologer and incorporates all of this in her wonderful work. And next week, we're having John Talevich. He spoke during May, and he is a director of Life Works, a chiropractic center in California, Sierra Madre, actually. And he'll be returning it to talk about the process of our body in another facet as we continue Virgo. So thank you. Tune in again and go to TalkCosmos.com and we appreciate you.
Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.